0: I'm Ruthie, host of Out There, here on Valley Free Radio. Tune in for stories from the streets and paths of Northampton and beyond, Fridays from 4 to 5 p.m. Get out if you can, but if you can't get out, tune in. We
1: don't care if we live out of date. We don't care a little
0: bit Oh, uh, uh, yes, the right button will turn the mic on. Yes, it is Friday. January the calendar says January and the last time I was in here and I thought it was December no I thought it was November and the calendar said December and my live guest informed me that indeed it was December now today the calendar says January I know it is not January yet um, uh, yeah, anyway you're listening to out there from on Valley Free Radio I'm Ruthie and we'll just start with a song not really a song What kind of?
1: study found that New Yorkers are exposed to 10,000 advertisements every day. <laughs> you all think that has a deep imprint in our
2: psychology? <laughs> it hurts us. It screws up how we think. It subverts our best
1: value. It's also a new kind of society. Yeah. We know
0: There's a little message from Reverend Billy and the Church of Stop Shopping at a gathering they had in uh, Times Square at some point. I don't know when that was, but nothing's really changed now, has it? So you're listening to Out There for today's show. I have some little clips and stories as usual. I might have a feature interview um, that's actually four years old. It was from 2019. Um, with Eric Matlock, Eric and Pamela Matlock. I'll probably play that towards the second half of the show. First, I'll play my fresh clips and continuing with the theme from the last two minutes. Here's some clips from my thoughts, clips from my pedal people day yesterday, riding around Florence Holland Trash and some of my coworkers also coming at the end. How did we get sold things we would never even think of needing? I'm um, emptying trash and recycling and seeing boxes with labels on them of things that just like what what living creature in their right mind would think to want something like that? Like what if someone came along and said, hey, hey human beings, would you rather live a life where you're looking down in your palm at some electronic device? instead of looking up and talking to your neighbors? Does that sound like a good life? Hey, it could be yours. But what if someone said, hey, do you want a box to stare at? You can just stay inside your house and stare at this box instead of going outside and watching the birds and the squirrels, the trees, and listening to the wind and the stars. Well, we'll destroy all those things so the box will look better than the outside. And food, that's another thing. There's just some box that had some sort of, some kind of tea with some fancy name. Like who would even think to, like carbonated beverages, who would think to make something bubbly so you can hardly swallow it? Oh, but there's an ice cream sandwich box. I do like ice cream sandwiches. Okay, okay, so bubbly carbonated like things have probably been around since the beginning of time. It's getting late in the day, and I'm rushing against the clock to finish. And someone left me a bag of cookies with a holiday note. <laughs> I just saw you pull up. How are you? Yeah, do you want some giblets? Oh, sure. <laughs> I <would> say giblets. <laughs> they're frozen? The, they're, yeah, they're frozen. Thanks. Thanks for <laughs> the cookies, too. I, I noticed there's a little hole in this bag, but there's another bag inside it, so hopefully it doesn't thaw and get to me too. That's okay. I don't, don't right. think it's going to defrost <laughs> in the next hour. No, yeah, sure. It's not very, very, yeah. But. One right now, thanks for the cookies. Yeah, you're welcome. I'm glad to see that got them since I think I've got a new pedal person who's I'm sure great if she got them, but um, yeah, she might. I don't know, she might be like route, so. she might be like vegan or gluten free yeah. or Who something. Knows? <laughs> I'm yeah. like, Ruthie, will eat those, cookies. <laughs> Brett. It's the Thursday before Christmas. How is your pedal people trash hauling today?
3: It was okay, it was, there, was, there were cookies involved, so that always helps. <laughs> 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 um, customers are. Very appreciative, this one little girl, she looked to be about two maybe. She came running out when I was, and I crouched down I said, oh, thank you very much. She had this really cute little cube of a box. <laughs> Must have some cookies in it or, or chocolates or something. And, and the, the, the mom person was, was very uh, ebullient and, and, and happy and we were all wishing each other a happy solstice and a happy Christmas <laughs> and a happy new year and Hanukkah and all the things. And <laughs> it was a great time.
0: In uh, trash volumes?
3: Oh, uh, trash volumes were about regular. Uh, but my customers are out in Leeds are pretty, pretty awesome. <laughs> so I've got it easy.
0: Kara, can I ask you how you're? Uh... I had such a
3: hard day today. I Can't. cried. Can't wait I time. couldn't
2: take all the trash I was seeing. My eyes hurt like from all the trash, and I literally had to stop and cry. And luckily Miguel came along and cheered me up. Mm. So I could go on. I'm not kidding. It
3: was what? really, really hard. Yeah. I was like, just every house, like, it's a market, it's a work, it's a
0: market, it's a oh, Yeah, why is it so hard? What's so hard emotionally about it? I don't know. Just, like, how, like, do they need all that stuff? Do they, I don't know. I'm still <laughs> processing it. It was yeah. just, it was, it was a lot. <laughs> Miguel, how was your uh, trash hauling day today? Oh, uh,
2: good. <laughs> I actually cheered her up today, so that was... It made her feel better. No, um, well, my roll was okay. I just some of my customers were. One of my customers was annoying. They <laughs> kept mixing trash and paper and recyclables together, so it was kind of a pain in the butt. So I had to like go one by one and yeah. separate them. Um, no, but the day is going good. I made a lot of redeemables today, so now I'm excited.
3: So.
0: All right, thanks. You are. <laughs>
3: Uh, it, it occurs to me that one reason that people can rationalize their excesses is that they don't see it in aggregate. And we it. see it in aggregate.
4: And they don't see us dealing with it, like sorting through and they just
3: like throw a bunch of trash in with their recycling, like they don't right. understand all the work. Right. I'm like I'm a person on this end. I'm right. a person. I'm not a machine. Like. <laughs> 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 it
0: is, yeah. It's. It's a challenge for us. It is personal, but it's not personal.
3: I, I was looking at a Consumer Reports in the recycling, and I went down the list, and I was like, I don't need it. I don't. Need, I don't care about that. No, no, I don't. That's not. That's all useless. Like I like to know what's the best thing out there, if I'm going to buy something. But for the most part, I'm not buying that stuff.
2: Yeah, we're supposed to not be buying anything this season to protest what's happening in Palestine. And and, and that's kind of irritating, too. It's like nobody seems to have any awareness or be on board with with what's happening. Like, we're supposed to be on strike. We're striking. You're supposed to be buying less. Skip Christmas. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. I have strong opinions.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I want to buy experiences for people. You know, yeah. uh, 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 yeah, a zip line trip or or a uh,
0: ride along with us for pedal people. Yeah, sure. yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah. That could be a New Year's present. Ride along with pedal people.
3: Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Could auction it off.
0: Oh hi. How are you doing? Oh hi. Hey, how are you? <laughs> Just find anything good? <laughs> uh, that, that that pot. I can't hear you, honey. No. Oh. Huh? That pot. It's a nice pot, but it doesn't work as a pressure cooker or something. No, no, something I'm just gonna
3: like, take it just a regular it's pot. It's a nice pot,
0: though. Yeah. Thank you. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right, listeners, that series of clips was me, your host Ruthie. It was Emily, Emily Fabel. Pedal people, customer, and former pedal person, and Brett, Kara, Miguel, and then the last person was someone who, who was who was checking out the free pile behind my house at, on the bike path, on the rail trail. Uh, you're listening to out there on Valley Free Radio. Uh, after I asked Kara what how she was doing yesterday after that very hard day. Oh, and by the way, this is this is Kara's first Christmas. <laughs> uh doing pedal people um <laughs> uh Brett and I've seen it for ten fifteen fifteen or twenty years uh so we've uh, numbed ourselves but um Kara sent me a clip from my our coworker Ethan's thesis book, so Ethan did like a i don't know if you even call it a thesis it's not even a thesis what do you call it when you do like your like doctoral work on uh well, he wrote his postgraduate Maybe whatever book thing on uh, uh, on pedal people cooperatives and and trace trace waste like the waste consumer waste system. And Kara sent me a little excerpt from chapter two of Ethan's book, which maybe I'll read some of this page because Kara was like, "This is what I'm. This is how I was saying I felt yesterday when you were interviewing me or when I was talking to you." So Ethan says like most industries over the last several decades waste hauling has been increased has seen increased mechanization automation and consolidation pedal people have a different very direct relationship with the waste in Northampton instead of trucks they use bikes with trailers instead of automation trailers are physically loaded instead of increasing distancing from waste they viscerally experience it Recycling is condensed into bins. Trash is consolidated into larger bags. Food waste is scraped out of compost bins. This involves stomping and smashing, lifting and heaving, tearing and tying, pushing and grunting. Hauling means straining against pedals, turning precisely, avoiding obstacles, and anticipating traffic. It's a mix of sensorial extremes, from the quiet side streets to the cacophony downtown. The quiet thud of dumping paper to the deafening clash of wine bottles. The dreary February mornings to the bright June sky. The cheers of pedestrians to the honks from cars. The freezing of the Massachusetts winter to the oppressive July humidity. The chemically artificially scented trash bags to the putrid breeding of maggots. And compost in all its forms. Sticky, smelly, slimy, squelching, frozen, solid, liquefied, bubbling, gooey, bready, coffee-heavy, sanitized in compostable bags, overloaded with the corn husks and watermelon rinds of August, full of fruit flies, ants or maggots, partially eaten by squirrels, raccoons or dogs, inexplicably booming, stored for a month and full of brown mold, white mold, black mold, blue mold, or full of perfectly good locally harvested fruits and vegetables. It's a mix of emotional extremes, disgust at slimy compost, resignation at waking up early in the winter, embarrassment at dumping a trailer in a busy intersection, triumph at making it over a difficult hill, outrage at the sight of everything the customers throw out. Well, the book goes on. It's a whole book that Ethan wrote. Next, on out there, oh yeah, Kara had mentioned um, Palestine and a strike boycott and not buying things. Well, I I, I know there was a one-day strike last Monday, um, a week and a half ago, no, this past Monday, last month, a week and a half ago, uh, one of my coworkers participated in, and also Last Friday on Out There, I talked about the 25-mile march for Palestine. That was coming up, that happened Saturday, December 16th. Uh, I went to that. I think there are maybe about eight pedal people that went to that, and hundreds of people, organizers said over 700 people signed up for different stretches of the march from Northampton to Springfield. At any one time, it seemed like there were a couple hundred people and I didn't, I wasn't able to interview anyone during that march because I took my bicycle, so I was walking my bike with one hand, and it was too much to try and walk my bike with one hand and pull out my recorder and try to interview someone with the other hand. And plus, there was just a lot of noise and, and chanting and things like that. So I did, I wasn't able to record chants. So I got a couple minutes of chants. And maybe at the end, I'll I'll say what the chants actually were in case you can't understand them. This is like two. Minutes a chance. Resistance is justified when people are occupied. Resistance is justified when people are
1: occupied. Resistance is justified.
0: When people are
1: occupied.
0: Resistance is justified.
1: When people are occupied. Resistance is justified. When people are occupied. How many lives must they give? Thus disease let rather live. How many lives must they give? Stop the
0: siege, let Gaza live. How many lives must they give? Stop the siege, let Gaza live. How many
1: lives must they give? Stop the siege, let Gaza live. How many lives must
0: they give? Stop the siege, let Gaza live. How many lives must they give? give? do no Zionism in our town. Rise up, don't back down. No Zionism in our town. Rise up, don't back down. No, no night Zionism night. in our town. All day. Same, fight. All day. All all day. Same fight, all night. All night. All day. Same fight, all night. Speech fight! 7 7 o'clock. Hey. It's 37 p.m., so it's my clock. four lane car dealerships. Traffic Saturday night. Everything's slowed down. There's probably, I don't know. Hundred of us, a couple hundred of us. Those were clips from the 25 mile march for Palestine last Saturday, December 16th, from Northampton to East Hampton to downtown Holyoke to West Springfield to Springfield. Lots of people, different ages, (laughs) sizes. Um, And I'm not sure. Oh, yeah. Then when we got, there were like talks and each speeches in most places, like at Holyoke at the lunch stop. There was a moving talk by a Palestinian man who, I think he said he'd been shot seven times by the IDF, by the Israeli defense forces. Defense forces? The United States calls them the defense forces too. Um, And also in Spain, well, yeah, when we went through West Springfield, a lot of families from the mosque there in West Springfield joined. We didn't get in until like eight thirty, eight eight o'clock at night. So the last three hours of the march were in the dark through West Springfield and into Springfield. And we went to the federal building there, Elizabeth Warren and um, Markey's office to uh, try to encourage them, even though it was a Saturday night and they weren't actually there. But this but send the message for a permanent ceasefire and some really touching touching educational really educational speeches there um uh yeah especially it was really great to hear some palestinian voices and, and hear what's going on f- f- with from their their perspective i'm not sure what the next steps are to stop the genocide uh anything and everything huh. Uh all right, you're listening to out there on Valley Fee Radio. Let's see. Here's my list of notes to see if I had any any little interesting things from the week besides what I already said. Oh, so my house where I live, the flow up, six and eight high street in Florence. It just became a housing cooperative last month, and we still have two open rooms. We're looking for a couple of people that are cold hardy, that are really into homesteading, that uh, when I say cold hardy, I mean, you're going to be wearing a coat around the house. Well, maybe (laughs) not necessarily, Uh, but uh, yeah, we heat with a wood stove and uh, uh, well, so since my housemates all moved out, Aunt Nancy moved out, Sarah's Aunt Aunt, Aunt Nancy moved out a couple days ago. And since it's just me there until the beginning of January and some new people move in, since it's just me there and I'm outside most of the time during the day, so I don't even really, like, build a fire except for, like, maybe in the mornings if I'm not going immediately out the door or in the evenings when I get home, I'll build a fire. But the great thing about that is it means I'm able to use geothermal heating uh, because it gets kind of cold in the house It gets so cold that all I gotta do is open the basement door and that warm 50 to 2 degree, 54 degree air comes wafting up from the basement. That's a real nice feeling there. Actually, I'm probably stealing the heat from the other half of the duplex from Alex and Sarah's side at 6 High Street. But I'll tell myself I got geothermal heating. (laughs) What next? Oh, so um, one of my inheritances when Dwayne died, this is winter puffy Patriots jacket, bright red, white, and blue, with Patriots written across the back of it, shoulder to shoulder. And uh, I usually just wear it around the house because, yeah, you know, like I'm not into professional football and that whole thing mind numbing thing, opiate of the masses, or what is it, something like that. Um, so but then every now and then I'll find myself wearing it around town. Like I ended up wearing it on the Critical Mass bike ride last night, and uh, so yeah, critical. critical what do I call it? Criti- they call it a bike party. Um, and so I went to Pulaski Park with this big Patriots jacket on. Actually, it was kind of nice to take the to ride up Route Nine with my Patriots jacket because maybe people would think I was like a normal person and not some bike freak or something. But anyway, the point is, when you see someone wearing something, you shouldn't judge people by their clothing. You never know why people are wearing what they're wearing. I wasn't wearing it because I was a Patriots fan. I was wearing it because it was it was my inheritance from Dwayne, and I just, like, I don't know, it was the warmest, most comfortable coat I had on at that moment. All right. Now, talking about that reminded me uh, of the clip that I had from the last night's bike party but it's not uh it's not i missed it i edited it i i, I don't know how i don't know oh i hate when i miss a clip because i was very excited to play it and share it very excited okay gone well i guess i'll play another song maybe i'll look for that clip a little bit more this is this is psycho stick no, N-O-E-L, Psycho Stick, System of a Down, B-Y-O-B, Christmas, I don't know, just listen to it.
1: Oh ho, ho! ho.
2: Throwing the let's all spread some cheer Grab your wallet, time to spend most wonderful time of year
1: Hiding presents in your closet Hoping that they won't find out Seasons, greetings, obligations Manufactured lies from the greeting card
2: are playing all the time.
1: sky
0: Psycho stick. I wish I could have uh, got all the words. Well, the lyrics were printed on the screen. I was watching that kind of on uh, YouTube. But it was an anti-consumerist Christmas song. Pretty clever lyrics. And right on. If you ask me now, I will play here on Out There a little bit from last night's bike party. It's the third Thursday of the month, sponsored by the Friends of Northampton Trails, and George Kohout is uh, one of the one of the ringleaders here. Let's see.
3: All right, gas is in the back. Thanks, Josh. Oh. Josh. Yes, Josh. Good job. So, we
1: when we get out of the park, we're going to go straight up the hill. Some people want to peel off and go home. Now, do folks want to ride back through Florence Center, or should we jump right on the bike path?
2: Bike path! Bike path! Whatever.
1: easy! Florence Center! <laughs> 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 okay! Florence Center, but I'm <laughs> it's not going to go riding towards
3: the path. Whatever's easier. Florence Center, back. if you want
1: to go. Uh, 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 30. 30. 30. Is, is there any kind of majority? I don't no. Bike <laughs> path! <laughs> 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 Sounds like bike pass a little bit hot. Oh, yeah, I think
3: i am Okay! <laughs> bike path it is! Oh. Right. I'm comfortable riding Uh, Can we ask for a (laughs) roll call, George? (laughs) 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 Robert's Rules. rules. Okay,
1: we're
3: out
0: of here. (laughs) 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 All right, well, you get a sense of the ride. That was the group in Look Park. We rode up Route 9 and the rail trail and stuff to Look Park and Looked at all the holiday lights in Look Park and the, lots of bikes were decked out with lights and a couple of bikes had Christmas trees on the back and them with lights on the Christmas trees or the holiday trees or whatever you call them. You're listening to Out There on Valley Free Radio. And now to the serious stuff. So this next interview or series of interviews are with Eric and Pamela Matlock. This was from 2019. And um, I, uh, yeah, here it is. And this interview, I think, was like, um, it was right downtown, like City Hall or Pulaski Park or something like that. I'm Eric Matlock.
4: Nice to meet you. This is Um. my wife, Pamela.
0: So you're here on the steps of City Hall with a sign that says, Stop Abusing, Harassing, Houseless. That's very nice. Um, Of course, it's nice that it says Houseless and not Homeless because this is our home. We live here. It's our home. home. This is our
2: home. That's why we don't leave. Everybody asks, "Well, well, why don't you just leave? And that's why we don't. Because we live. feel
4: loved here. Uh, yeah. We feel welcome. A lot of people look out in the community, and so we f- we feel home here. Yeah. So we just don't have houses. And, um, like, a lot of people that want to deal with issues uh, surrounding houselessness want to deal with issues that everybody has, but they want to um, accentuate those issues for houseless people, like uh, drug addiction. Um, uh, you know, people have abuse issues. uh with each other, with the substances, with you know their time, and uh, they try to make the, these issues for house for houseless peoples uh, more more compound. When people in houses have the same issues, they just have you know closets to hide their skeletons in, and um, so, uh, we just get constantly harassed out just for living, you know, for, for sleeping, eating in public. People don't want to see us doing anything. Um, they want us to disappear. Um, they don't want to think about us because they know tomorrow they could be us, and so. They want to marginalize us in any way possible, and the police, they use the police to do it, and the police are more than happy to. Mm -hmm. And My wife was just, uh, she just got falsely charged with something uh, this morning. The cops knock at our door and and, uh, tell us they have a notice for her to appear in court for uh, intimidating a witness because we do protests, and so certain businesses don't like us, Um, so I've been charged um uh, recently from shop, from an uh, incident at shop therapy I recently got charged with uh, disorderly for speaking um that's all I did I was you know just talking defending my friends and you know protesting the cops arrested me for it um and uh, after that I was arrested you know the people in the shop uh, all come out you know they won they, I, they, they had me arrested and my wife is like, well he's going to be bailed out in an hour we were we planned for this mm. And so they charged her with intimidation, intimidation of a witness for that. Are well, saying that? Yeah. Huh. Because Sorry. intimidation of witness is such a broad crime. Uh-huh. Like you can just look hard at somebody and and uh-huh. I understand why it needs to be that way because there's you could look hard enough at somebody and intimidate them for uh-huh. maybe not, they won't testify and and we need our courts. And I respect the court system, but the police uh, I've been charged more than seven times, eight times, eight, times, eight crimes in the last two years, uh-huh. all dismissed or not or no prost or et cetera, uh-huh. because I'll, I'll go to the wall now. with them. Yeah, in the last year, in the last but last most year people in our position, street people, uh, houseless people, um, whatever you want to call us, travelers, uh, there's a, uh, 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 a lot of us out here that the police use these tactics on us. And we don't go. To, we're not going to go to court. We're going to just most people just cop out. They don't want to go through the process, and they'll just be like, "Oh, well, I'll take probation. I'll take this. I'll take that." And that's more. That's how the system makes money off us. To me, I see that as taxation. They they find another way to make money out, get money out of us through their therapies and programs, and 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 what else? Rehabs and and uh, jails and. Probations and all these things—they, you know—that's just another way to tax us because we're not paying the kind of taxes they want us to pay, which is why the police don't protect us.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Have you gotten some fines and stuff like? No, they won't know, write me fines, fines. Okay. because
4: most of the fines that apply, uh, like in the ordinances in Northampton, they're unconstitutional. So, and they know me, so they won't—they—they threaten me in the past with fines, like for smoking in public, etc. But they won't write me the ticket because they know I'll litigate it and then uh-huh. the, it'll be found unconstitutional. They won't be able to do it anymore. Uh-huh. They have an ordinance against obscene and vulgar language. Do you know uh-huh. what that means?
0: Whatever they wanted to mean, probably. Yes,
4: that's exactly. <laughs> vulgar, if you look up the definition of vulgar, means secular. So anything outside of church talk is uh-huh. is, is uh-huh. vulgar. Uh-huh. Uh, obscene is anything that someone can construe as, as uh, you know, if I say ass in the wrong context, I mean, am I talking about a donkey or am I talking about a dummy? Whatever kind of, and uh-huh. that's an obscene word. Uh-huh. There's an ordinance against so it, they can find me for it. But they won't write me the ticket. They'll just harass me. Uh, they'll charge me with disorderly. They'll charge me crimes instead that don't apply, like disorderly conduct. You can't charge me disorderly conduct for speaking. Uh-huh. I'm not threatening you. But you feel threatened because I'm telling the truth and I tear down your false reality mm-hmm. and the police don't like me because I police my community.
2: We've said it to the Gazette a couple times now, they few haven't people, quoted they, us yet.
4: People want to make it about race. It's not. It's about class and it's about truth and and knowledge. So I have those things, these things together, a low class, lots of knowledge and I'm spitting truth. They hate me. The,
2: the police... It, they wanted to protect this community in any way. They could use Eric and I as assets to this community. We're we're two people who have okay. always been. We've always been sober. We don't we don't use drugs. We've never struggled with. Wait a minute. With, I drink. I smoke <laughs> pot,
4: but I'm still sober. Right. I don't get drunk. Right. We don't drunk.
2: struggle with addiction issues like many other people sober, out here people do. do. We Once. don't. We don't like <laughs> encourage our friends to do things that harm themselves. like Or others. We encourage, I mean, we don't allow our friends to steal from each other. We don't, if one of our friends needs help, we're the first ones there. The police just last night demonstrated the fact that they give zero that we could be an asset. There was a gentleman who had fallen on the street. He is an alcoholic, he drinks regularly. The police are very aware of him. And he was laying on the street and they showed up and it was late probably 10 30 11 o'clock and when they woke him he woke very angry he woke very angry and he was angry at them now i got down on the ground and said you know hey it's pamela and he immediately his attitude changed he went from angry to sad and i have that ability because i have that connection with them so rather than him getting himself into a position where he was going to get arrested or hurt himself or any officers or anybody else, I got him calmed down enough to get into an ambulance. And I said to the officer at one point, because the man's money had fallen out on the ground, I said, um, you guys will make sure his money gets back into his pocket, right? And this cop was like, don't, you don't have to tell me how to do my job. I was like, are you kidding me? I didn't, That's not what I did, I, I asked you. And he just caught the biggest and I had no other word other than to describe it with. Like, what a shitbag attitude. I'm sitting here on the ground with this man. I'm trying to help. Oh, we don't need your help. Bunny, it looked like you did, because it looked like he was about to swing off.
4: So, it, like... They if, tend to antagonize people. Right. If um, they wanted
2: to be helpful, they would utilize us.
4: I, I don't know if they get trained in, like... Um, Oh. De-escalation tactics and stuff like that, but they don't do that. It's and good. the officer last night is actually a yeah. dart officer, so it's he's specifically he's supposed to be specifically trained to deal with addicts and people like that who are who are dealing with those kind of issues. And he get he makes extra money for being having that training. And the city. He should have been he should have been the exemplary nature. exemplary officer exemplary officer on the scene. Like the other other officer was fine. He he was good natured and and well mannered and. and that's picked what up, I expected. picked up the man stuff, made sure
2: it got into the ambulance. The
4: other equipment. guy was he had this whole attitude like he didn't want to even be there. Right. Yeah. And I'm just like, "Guy, you signed up.
2: And that's the officer and, who's supposed to help our addicts, and, in and the you're street supposed to be
4: helping this guy. You you should be down here on your knee. But you're not."
2: No, it was me instead who was down on my knee trying to and help And this they were man mad we showed street, up. Like,
4: yeah, that we show good. up all the time, and they're trying to violate someone instead of help them. Like you're wearing a shield on your chest. That's
2: it's to not to protect. A, it, it's not
4: to harm. You're supposed yeah. to be guarding people, even yeah, not right. a, even if someone's a, um, a criminal. How do you prevent their further criminal action? You don't want to do that because that would, that would be bad for your uh, job, right? I guess.
0: You're listening to an interview with Eric and Pamela Matlock from 2019 in downtown Northampton. This is Out There on Valley Free Radio. I got some more of that interview coming up.
4: Yeah, one of the worst cops. He's, he's, on, he's on first shift he's Officer Cole, known wife, beater. He's had restraining orders and stuff against him. Like, how's that guy going to lay the law down? Sometimes we do stuff wrong, but that is, it is what it is. Like my, my friend got caught freaking taking something out of the store. I'm like, why don't you ask me for a dollar? Why don't you you know there's a ways around it. you don't do stupid stuff like that. And he's, he was already out on bail for the same stupid thing. and that's the kind of thing we get in trouble for. And I mean it's that's illegal. And so not don't, we don't condone that, but you know stuff happens, so we have to deal with it. But there's, you know, the police could be professional about it, and when they are, like, I commend that. But I'll, I'm more, much more, less likely to get an officer's name and badge number if he does his job right than if he pisses me off. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Like last night when we when we went over, we asked that. For his badge and name and badge number, but the other one we didn't even think to yeah. because he wasn't he wasn't acting aggressively. Like I said, yeah, he willingly was, picked
4: him, I up asked the stuff. to identify stuff, himself, like, and he's like, "Oh, it's on my shirt." I'm like, "So I have to approach you?"
0: Right. That's you know, they get another charge for that.
4: Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. So what I did I had a flashlight. It's nighttime. I was a flashlight. I put my light on him. Uh huh. They like to do this.
0: Uh huh.
4: And I got close, I have to, to be able to read and see his number. Read his name and number out loud for him, because that's what he's supposed to do when I ask him. Uh So I just put the light right in his face and on his shirt. Like, yep, okay. Uh Reverse the role on him.
0: How did he react to that?
4: He didn't like it, but he didn't know what to do. He was just like shocked. Because the yeah. light came out, it was just all in one motion. Like, as right after he didn't identify, I was like, yeah, okay. Yeah. And he's like, oh, it's on my shirt. And at the same time, I'm like, okay, I see you.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
4: yeah the the few times that they, they were able to, to get me uh, cuffed up and lock me up, I just spent my time reading their yeah. law books.
0: Uh-huh. So like every person in a uniform is a person like every person who is houses is a person but at the same time it's like this like these walls exist like do you see any way to like break down that those walls and barriers with the system that's so divided
4: yeah educating people re-educating people um, but I separate people into two uh, corridors, and that's uh, there's everyone's a person, yeah. there, but there's there's all kinds of entities that are persons too. So being a person ain't that great. It's anybody can be a person. You're born a person. Uh, companies are technically legally persons, um, but then there's human beings, and that takes action. You have to be humane, a humane being, and that so you have to learn. You have to educate people on that, on being humane. Uh, I think that's the only answer. You know,
2: like when it comes to just daily stuff, like around here, I think it's about the city residents standing up and insisting that their officers not act this way. Mm -hmm. Just yesterday, they wasted four officers' time and 45 minutes for a call to the park about someone smoking a cigarette. 45, like, it blows my mind that people will complain about their tax dollars and how, you know, us homeless folks should just get a job and pay taxes but they're literally paying officers to respond to a park four deep over a
4: cigarette. I think it was latent racism. There's two, two old, True. very light-hued guys come up to me. There's other people smoking in the park. They come up to me and they're like, you know you're not supposed to be smoking in the park? And I'm like, it's nice of you to assume that I can't read the signs that say not to smoke, but this is my living room. We live outside and I'm, I'm gonna smoke here. Mm-hmm. He's like, well, flabbergasted. How dare you uh, disrupt the order of things. Um, and and, and, and they're
2: the ones who called the police. So, so they, so they,
4: they called the police. And I'm like, what do you think the police are going to do? And in my, in my eyes, uh, when, when people do approach you that way and then call the police, they're looking to get you lynched. Mm-hmm. It, all I think, it, I just think back to Emmett Till. Uh I think back to to situations like that Where people Will call the dogs out on you Mm -hmm. Because you're not uh, um, Keeping the order that they want I'm like Uh you're uh, This is my land first of all Mm -hmm. My ancestors land You're standing here telling me I can't smoke my tobacco Mm -hmm. I can't I I was starting my day It's the morning This is my rituals And you're telling me I can't stand here in public And practice my religion you made laws. You came here on my land and made laws saying that everyone could practice. That's why you came here. Mm-hmm. But then you're gonna tell me I can't. You didn't say it to anybody else. I was the darkest person in the group, so they approached me. I, I one time I'm at a party in this situ- people No one else gonna recognize the situation, and I hate to blow this kind of thing up. Um, I'm at a party one time, backyard party. There's 200 people at the party. The cops walk through a whole bunch of people. I'm in the middle of all of them, and come up to me, asking me about the party. I'm like. I, and and this, out of 200 people, I was the darkest person there, the only dark uh-huh. person there. Uh-huh. Same situation. Uh-huh. Why am I responsible? Because yeah. things are going wrong. My mom used to do the same thing. She was, she's latently racist because of the way she was raised. Her fam, whole family is like that. But she's, she doesn't live that way. She loved all people. But still, latently and subconsciously, she uh, applies to white supremacy too. And does, she would do the same thing. Like, and It reminded me, one time she's like, she really doesn't like me because of the way I look. I look like my father. Uh-huh. And we've dealt with that for 500 years now. <laughs> and she can't even help it. And it's that she thinks she's white. The definition of white is everything good and pure and innocent. And the de- very definition of black is the, quite the opposite. To for people to even title themselves that, it says something. It's some, that's where white supremacy starts. That's mm-hmm. the for me. That's like the the, the foundation of it, because that's it establishes this subconscious idea of goodness and badness with just on sight. Yeah. And we do it to each other. Mm-hmm. That's why mm-hmm. black people don't like black people. That's that's why I, how I how I explain black on black language. because I feel the same way all the time. Sometimes, you know, I'll, I'll see someone that it looks a little too dark. <laughs> and it'll, subconsciously, I, I can't help it. Sometimes it happens to me. But I'm above it, and I understand it, so I can, I can reserve myself. I can fall back, like, give everyone space to be first. Let them be, and then, and then yeah. see. Yeah. Then you can react. <laughs> yeah. But this is the, that's where the idea starts for me, where people start to push people to the side like that. Just on site. Like, if your own mother do it to you, that shows you like the world is.
2: Yeah, I, mean, I mean, what I took note of in the park yesterday was. That's how... why the
4: truth is important. That's why education is important. Like, I try to educate people about that. Just that every day. Just that. Yeah. The, the foundation white supremacy is the idea that you're white and I'm black.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's constant. You have to. It's you constantly getting the messages right. that you know. Black people are inferior, so you constantly have to educate.
2: I, mean, to I, always, that. I always try to ask people. I'm like, okay, your shirt is white. Yeah. Have this you is ever white. seen a white person? Because <laughs> yeah, I have. We're haven't.
4: huge. We're huge uh-huh. humans. We're yeah. huge. People, uh-huh. This is yeah,
2: close to black. I've never seen uh-huh. a man uh-huh. that uh-huh. color. I say It's not close. even uh-huh. black. It's, it's, all, it's supposed to be black. Uh-huh but I've never seen a man that color. They're brown, I've seen very dark shades of brown, I've seen light shades of tan, some pink, there's some green in there, Uh but I don't see any white. The last time I was arrested, they asked me what race I identified at. I I said I don't. Uh Because I didn't know what to answer, what am I supposed to say? I'm certainly not white. And like I said, what I took note of most prominently yesterday in the park when the cops showed up was that, Everybody sat and just watched for 45 minutes. Everybody just sat and watched these officers. Wait, they were there for 45
0: minutes? Yeah. 45 you gotta minutes, be kidding. over
4: 45 Walking minutes. Walking around the park, I, I assumed trying to get people to say that they were disturbed by my smoking or my speech, my
2: language. At one point during their 45 minute excursion in the park, they went and took a picture of a bicycle that one of us had touched. I assumed so that they could prove it was stolen, and then come back and say, oh, well, you stole this bike. And again, yeah. over a cigarette, four yeah. cops, huh. in a park, 45 minutes.
0: The, yeah, the thing
2: that gets me about smoking, like, I
0: don't like smoke, I don't like to breathe smoke, but you know what, I think when they outlaw cars and the exhaust coming out of cars, exactly. then they can outlaw That's smoking. Because I, I don't recently. drive,
4: I've never applied for a license or owned a car, because I don't like that. I don't, I don't want anything to do with it, so I don't participate in it. Yeah. But people are like, well, I gotta get to work. I never had trouble getting to work when I had a job. Mm-hmm. I re- this is my work now. But of um, we, here
2: we are sitting talking to the pedal people.
4: <laughs> yeah.
2: Like the last person in the park to say something to me, he, his exact words were, "Why am I forced to breathe your poison?" I said, "Did you drive here today, sir?"
4: Yeah.
2: And he just looked at me. I said, "Because I was forced to breathe your poison then." And he just, he was like, well, why can't you go sit over there where I can't smell it? I said, why can't you, you go sit over there where you can't smell it? And I mean, you know, it's, it's just little things like that. Uh,
4: it's not like we're just going to be rude and go and sit next to somebody and start smoking.
2: But. Yeah. Right. I, well, it's funny the day I was talking about here where I had actually sat down next to somebody with the cigarette. I was there to watch what the police were doing. They had shown up in the park to harass the woman and um, I went to get closer so I could make sure I knew what was going on. And when I sat down next to the woman, we were close, and I was like, forgive my smoke, please. I just want to watch the police. And she was like, oh, no problem. And then it was like two, three minutes later, this guy who's 20 feet away from me wanted to complain about the smoke. And that's when I was like, no, sir, I care not. Like, go move over there, and you won't have to worry about it. Like, why am I forced to breathe your poison? Same reason I'm forced to breathe yours. Like." <laughs> Is that super stressful? Like so many eyes on you all the time. All the time, yeah.
4: You no, know, uh, like, not for me, because it's always been that way. I don't uh. know, people for some reason always just give me this look, and it's not always a bad thing. Uh. But they just all, still, it's this look that they're uh. just like, like they know me or like, uh. like uh. they're judging me or something. Uh. It's, yeah. it's it, and it's not just because they see me because uh, very young children will do it a lot. They just look uh. at me very hard. Uh. <laughs>
2: Just last night, the the man who was laying on the street, they would have arrested him. They wouldn't have caught, you know, maybe eventually he would have gotten into the ambulance, but they would have arrested him first. If we had not shown up and I had not been able to control his anger. And yeah, he was angry, like I get it. But if the police controlled the situation, they wouldn't need to arrest him. They'd be able to calmly speak to him, get him to get into the ambulance. He had fallen. He's an old man, he struggles. And you know what, it's, it's something, him in particular, I have, I have a soft spot for. He, um, he's someone who's out here and I didn't know why in the beginning I had such a soft spot for him. And then he got sober for a while and he wrote a book and he asked me if I wanted to read it and I did. And in it, he describes losing his daughter, his very young daughter. And I realized this, is I'm an empath and it, it was easy for me to pick up that there's a reason this man's out here drinking. There's a reason this man comes out here and drinks every day enough to where he doesn't remember.
4: That's why I never, like, I, Everybody has my whole reason. life I really disliked alcoholics. And Same. I, he's one of them. There's this, another, uh, another guy, the first summer we were out here. We were going to a, one of the free church meals, and I had, a, it was a real hot day. So when it's real, real hot like that, I'll, I'll have a couple nips because it cools you off. Um, so I, I had had my other one in my pocket, um... And I was going into the meal, and there's this guy in the yard just laid out, rolling around, like uh, And I get up to him, I'm like, what's wrong? He's like, I haven't I hadn't had a drink today, and I'm sick, man. And I was like, well, and this is the moment. I was like, he needs a drink. Like, I don't, there's nothing else that'll help him. So I gave him the drink, go in and I ate. When I come back out from the meal, he's sitting up, he's alert again, and, and okay, he's like, thank you so much. And, I was like, I really didn't want to give you that because I don't want you to keep drinking because of what it's doing to you, but I realize that you're to the point that you you have to.
2: He either needed that drink or medical attention yeah. to not have that drink. It was one or the other. Mm-hmm. And that's where, like, I that brings us to the subject of addiction and, and why I find myself so frustrated with the city, with the officers who claim to be DART officers. I've had in the last three months I've had three separate friends tell me they wanted to go to detox now when you're looking at an addict and they say the words I want to go
4: I'm ready right now.
2: there's no more window for opportunity that's That's it it. you get them in a car in the next 15 minutes and you send them doesn't matter why they want to go you get them there it's impossible it takes hours upon hours upon hours on a phone that these people don't have because they went and sold it for their dope that's just what the reality is they don't have a phone and so one of my friends, I sent her in the ambulance to the hospital. I specifically got in touch with the DART officers. I said, please, somebody go there. Help her. Send her to a detox tonight. Do not let her be discharged from that hospital.
4: They gave her a They gave her a and left.
2: And so at 2 a.m., the hospital discharged her because they had gotten her comfortable. And she went back into survival mode, got herself back to Holyoke and found herself her next fix took her another month and a half before she ended up in a detox somewhere.
4: And she could simple have been It's support dead. for all of us. That's what what we're lacking is support. We're, we get isolated. Um, for people with mental problems, uh, addiction problems, housing problems, it's support. That's what they're lacking. Because the people who we've supported and, and gave all of our support through through their addiction who've been out here, we've got a handful of friends who are a year clean or better now. Just because of our support,
2: one just gave birth to a perfectly healthy, gorgeous little girl. She's we, out living we've her lost life friends sober. Too.
4: We've lost friends too, and it's like
2: yep. we just lost one a few weeks ago. She had just gotten home from being sectioned, literally that day, right?
4: And got drugs under her parents' nose, and they're they're the ones that they're the type that they've been told that support is is um, enabling. Enabling. No
2: support <laughs> is the opposite of addiction. That's li- like. I, I watched a video addiction on Addiction is YouTube isolation. About it. Depression yep. is isolation. The opposite of addiction is not sobriety. It's reconnection. There's, there's a country, and I'm not sure which country it is, but I'm, I'm certain. I think it was Portugal, but I don't want to like. But they decriminalized. It. And what Portugal they did was Portugal. they started giving recovering addicts microloans huh. for businesses and almost a 100% you know, recovery rate. Because they've given these people a purpose. Uh,
0: you're listening to Out There on Valley Free Radio. That was about the end of that interview. Well, time is running out. That was an interview with Eric and Pamela Matlock. That interview was from 2019, so it is a little dated in some ways, but not dated in other ways. Uh, the div- Hopefully the Division of Community Care, which started in September of this year, 2023, Um Hopefully that they've been able to address some of the issues that Eric and Pamela were talking about. Which reminds me, one of the chants on the March for Palestine was, uh, New day, same fight, all day, all night. I think that's what it was, something like that. Uh, Stay tuned for Democracy Now! coming up at 5 o'clock. Today is Friday, the 22nd of December, 2023. There will be Bike Lab tomorrow, December 23rd. You want to learn to fix your bike? How to keep it tuned up so it's there for you when you need it? Or maybe you know already, but you just need to borrow a bike-specific tool that you don't have. Well, come to the bike lab almost every Saturday since 2004 from 11:30 a.m. to 2:30 p.m. here in Northampton at 12 Northern Avenue. Come with your bike or your questions and your willing attitude. <laughs>
2: Spare part scavenger hunt every weekend. Vengan al bike lab de Northampton, el taller de bicicleta. Aprende a arreglar tu bicicleta y
3: a divertirte. All repairs guaranteed to the end of the driveway.
0: Details are online at pedalpeople.coop. That's the Saturday Bike Lab at 12 Northern Avenue. They say freedom isn't free, but at the Bike Lab it is.
3: I'm Rachel Maddow with the Pioneer Valley Planning Commission and the Franklin Regional Council of Governments for Valley Free Radio. Reminding you that legally, bicycles are vehicles, and bicyclists have the same rights and responsibilities and should observe the same rules as motorists. For more information on bicycle rights and safety, go to www.massbike.org.
0: Would you like to get lawn mowing, dog walking, or French lessons without opening your wallet? Believe it or not, you can. And much, much more. Valley Time Trade members earn Time Dollars by helping other members. One Time Dollar is one hour of service. All services are valued the same, and no cash is involved. Give services you want, get services you need. To learn more or join, go to valleytimetrade.org or call 413-585-0373.
3: Imagine working hard for so many years and reaching your retirement only to find out there's an issue with your pension or 401k. Unfortunately, it's a problem too many Americans face. The New England Pension Assistance Project can help you get the benefits you've earned by providing free legal help. Contact the New England Pension Assistance Project at 888-425-6067 or visit them online at pensionhelp.org slash newengland. A public service from the U.S. Administration on Aging's Pension Counseling and Information Program.
0: You can hear archive editions of Out There at weatherbeard.com slash outthere. But I'm a little, uh a month behind.